It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's the best stop. Brad Restituto. Welcome to the Thursday edition of The Rest Stop. My name is Brad Restituto. Joining me as always, Spencer the Wiz. Come to you every Tuesday and Thursday, live 9 o'clock Pacific time here in Las Vegas. And you can join the show live on our Twitch.tv channel. Go to www.twitch.tv slash Football or download the Twitch app and search there. And if you missed the show live and you want to check it out on podcast form, you can go to Audio Boom, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and just search Landry Football Conference Call or LandryFootball.com and search Rest Stop. We'll be underneath there, and you can check out our podcast anytime. And, of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can search Brad the Believer. We post uh, the, the full show in its entirety uh, every day. We're on episode 30 tonight. Got a good one in store for you today. A lot of NBA action as we're getting closer and closer to the start of this NBA season that will start on Christmas Day. And uh, some big-time moves in free agency and a short break for these teams, uh, but trying to get ready for this shortened season as we're still kind of in the middle of the pandemic here, moving from 2020 into 2021. And, of course, the NFL season. They've found a way to get through 12 weeks of the season, and they're still plugging along. Myself and Spencer the Wiz will give out our NFL picks against the spread this week, so stay tuned for that. And uh, we're only 22 days away from Christmas, guys. This year is almost over. 28 days away from 2021, ringing in the new year. Uh, hopefully, as a whole in this country, we'll have a little bit of better luck on our side as maybe getting a second stimulus package in, having a vaccine uh, readily available for the beginning of 2021 so we can kind of nip this in the bud and start to move towards uh, the reality that we knew before this whole COVID-19. And that's, of course, what we're all looking for and as Americans in this country and as human beings uh, all across the globe moving forward. Spencer the Wiz joining me as always. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. And of course, he does his live radio show here in Vegas every Friday night called Delivering Sports and his YouTube channel, Blue Milk Boys Gaming. Spence, tell the listeners out there how they can find all the great work that you do across the landscape of Las Vegas here in town. 
Yeah, so I'm trying to homogenize my brand. I'm trying to go everywhere, and that's uh, in one spot, I should say. And that's Twitter, at SpencerTheWiz. And I just wanted to mention briefly, <laughs> is uh, this is obviously also the Delivering Sports Show, just for this special episode. Br- Brad is basically guest hosting for me, although I'm guest hosting with him on his show. I'm in the middle of studying right now <laughs> as we speak. Uh, when this show's live on the radio, I'll be studying uh, right here at the board while I replay this episode. Uh, and we go back to the live show next week when I graduate and I look forward to that. So that's what I got going on. All right. Well, that's great. So uh, delivering sports slash the rest stop here tonight in the beginning of December. Spence, let's kick it off with the big trade in the NBA as Russell Westbrook is on the move. The Houston Rockets send him over to the Washington Wizards. In exchange, John Wall comes back to Houston and a protected first round pick. Uh, I've heard a lot of information on who won this trade. Spence, I'm going to start off with you. Do you think there's a winner in this trade? And if so, why? Sorry about that. I was cutting out. But uh, I am going to say that there is no winner in this trade. They both have Supermax contracts. I almost want to just say the Wizards straight up lost because in two years, Russell Westbrook will be making $48 million. It's like 47 and change. So, I mean, I guess they get the first round pick out of it, but it is Houston's first round pick. And with if James Harden uh, does stay with the Rockets, who, of course, it's not on the, their top priority to trade him, they're going to win some ball games. They're going to go to the playoffs, so it's not that great. Uh, what does John Wall do for the Rockets? I don't know. I guess he makes them fast, but Westbrook was fast, too. These guys are pretty similar in playing style. Uh, the The real risk is Westbrook or uh, John Wall hasn't played in an extremely long time, so you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. I don't think he has a very high motor, in my opinion. I, don't, uh, I think he cares more about the fame than he does the game. And he's never shown that he's able to live up to the moments. He's played with Bradley Beal, and he wasn't able to do anything in the Eastern Conference his entire career. So I don't think that fixes any of the issues in Houston. Now, if they trade James Harden and they're looking for a new direction, okay, then we're talking about two totally different things. So I guess we'll have to see how this develops as the season goes on and what the Rockets decide to do with the newly acquired John Wall. Spence, earlier today on Channel 86, Sirius XM, I was listening to the NBA channel. Um, Give and Go was the show with Rick Kamla and Antonio Daniels, former NBA player. And Antonio Daniels was saying by a landslide, he thought Washington won this trade. Considers, which I, I'll agree, let's agree for the argument, Russell Will, uh, Westbrook, first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, reuniting with Scott Brooks head coach of the Washington Wizards, in addition to the backcourt of Bradley Beal. Uh, John Wall, who hasn't played since 2018, he's convinced that Washington hands down wins his trade. I'll tell you why I do not agree with that. Uh, I just, I I can't agree until Russell Westbrook, his style of play is is such uh, negative or adverse decision-making, shot-taking. I just can't jump on board with that. Bradley Beal isn't necessarily a ball dominant guard. He he's a he can score with the best of them. Until Russell Westbrook uh, decides he's going to be a more effective defender and limit his shots and be more of a distributor and utilize his athleticism, he hasn't done anything for me. He hasn't carried a team. He hasn't won anywhere. And for the sake of this argument also on this show I was I was listening to on uh, Sirius XM NBA channel was saying that James Harden may be the problem. He was saying that Dwight Howard has left the Houston, Chris Paul, 
Russell Westbrook, uh, and the James Harden, James Harden shrinks come playoff time, which is an interesting argument. Spence, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think this is maybe a James Harden problem that so many superstars have kind of came and gone very quickly when it comes to teaming with James Harden? Uh, I would say the blame goes on the Houston organization just in general. No team should eliminate the center position. We, we've known that, and they've known that for about two years now, and they've ignored the problem. Now this offseason, a new GM comes in. He's trying to say that DeMarcus Cousins is going to – be the solution which of course he's not going to be but still at least they're they look a little more like a real team now and maybe they should have stuck with Dwight Howard although we know he is definitely past his prime Russell Westbrook was never going to work out for Houston you're talking about an inefficient system in and of itself based on high volume of shots and when you have a guy like Russell Westbrook who is not efficient at all Sony shot 29% from the three last year on a team that shoots mostly threes you're not going to get any benefit out of that. And let's not forget that with Chris Paul, they were, I don't know, a couple of games out of going to the finals. So I, it's just, I don't know what you're going to get out of John Wall. What you should get is a playoff team here uh, that looks a little more coherent than they were last season. But that's assuming that John Wall plays up to his abilities. But when it comes to James Harden, it hasn't come out that he's a bad locker room guy. So I, I'm, uh, I'm going to reserve the idea that he is the problem in Houston. Spence, put on your GM cap for a second. How would you mold Russell Westbrook in your liking? What would you do to maximize this guy's athletic ability and, and try to make him into um, a top 10 efficient NBA player? How would you do it? Well, theoretically, they do have the system in place uh, in Washington to do that. They just signed Bertans to way too much money, but I guess the idea is now that you have Russell Westbrook, he's going to find him. You have a, a high-volume scorer, efficient scorer in Bradley Beal. So if you can convince him to rely on these guys, to an extent, Westbrook has not had that in his career. Maybe in the uh, when it comes to Houston he did because he's surrounded by shooters, but that's a jacked-up system. It's not a real basketball system. When he was solo in his MVP season, average a triple-double, you go down that roster and there was nobody for him to pass to. And I think he internalized that and he left it on the court. So maybe Scott can get back to him, although it's not like he was efficient uh, when it, when he was with the thunder, but that's what you got to do. You got to tell him Bradley Beal and Bertans are going to be the primary scores of this team. And you can facilitate to them. You can rebound and you can play defense uh, while giving all the effort that you want. And hopefully that's how it works out. Spence, can you imagine the type of player Russell Westbrook could be if he was just completely unselfish, moved without the ball, his athletic ability, his ability to, to make backdoor cuts to the basket, even backdoor lobs his way because he's so athletic. I, I just see so much potential in this guy, and that's why it's been so hard for me to relinquish uh, the potential that he has being on any team. But he's just consistently showed, not only me, but all of us, that no matter what team he's on, he doesn't elevate – the play of his teammates or his team in general. And until I see that, it's just really, really tough to jump on board uh, with any team that Russell Westbrook is on, not only uh, winning, uh, but being any type of championship or, or playoff contender. Spence, as far as John Wall goes, before his Achilles injury and before some of these major injuries, I was really loving John Wall's evolution in his game. Uh, his ability to shoot and take the ball to the basket and get other guys involved was incredible. I remember for a period of time, him and 
uh, Marshin Gortat there in Washington and, and him and Beal. Uh, John Wall was really starting to elevate his game. And then this injury, of course, we haven't seen him at all in almost two seasons. I don't know that we've seen someone come back uh, to all-star type form after an Achilles injury like this, not in my recent memory. Is there with, with technology and with this many years off, I mean, is there any anything you're hearing on Twitter or within your basketball community about how John Wall's looking, uh, practicing or playing? I mean, I would love to see this guy at least come back to some of the form he was really accelerating at before this injury. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. I, mean, I think the guy's pretty low-key. The only time I've ever interacted with him was at the Summer League. I think it was like the third Summer League in Vegas. I had gone every year. I tried to get his autograph, and he wouldn't even look me in the eyes. I guess he did sign it, but... Uh, I asked, I, I gave him the pen and I gave him the book to sign and he threw the pen. He didn't throw the pen. He gave the Sharpie back to me because I didn't take the top off for him. So if that's any indication of like how hard of a worker is, how much he cares, I don't know, but he, ha- he'll have all the tools, right? They signed Christian Wood, which is a great signing. I think they still have Robert Covington, if I'm not mistaken. You got James Harden. DeMarcus Cousins is going to be an effective scorer on defense. He's going to get absolutely just dominated, and they still have to figure out that problem. Uh, they needed someone like a JaVale McGee. Uh, but we, we did talk about it. Technology is totally different than it was what it used to be. More and more players you're seeing, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Rudy Gay also had an Achilles injury, and he almost looks not back to form, but he definitely is closer to an all-star form where he used to be. It's, he can be successful in Houston if he puts the work in, that's for sure. Spence Robert Covington is now a member of the Portland Trailblazers, but That's right. they still they still have Eric Gordon. Uh, Austin Rivers is now in New York, um, so some different pieces around Harden and company over there in Houston. But you mentioned Demarcus Cousins; he's got he's battling back from a lot of injuries. We don't know what kind of player he'll be. I think Christian Wood will be a fantastic addition to that team, and we'll see how new coach Stephen Silas uh, what kind of nuances he brings to this Houston organization. They've been ran run and gun with Mike D'Antoni for well over five years and it's something different now. And everybody's going to have to get on board uh, to trying to kind of, I wouldn't say a rebuild since you still have Harden, but a lot of new faces and new places for Houston. So we'll see how that works out. But I, I tend to agree with you. I don't know that anybody kind of leaks out as the ultimate winner in this trade. And of course, time will always tell in that situation. I think in the East, Washington certainly has a chance to sneak into the playoffs if they stay healthy, but I just don't know that Russell Westbrook moves the needle very much for any organization from what we've seen out of him in the last five, six years. I know at times, statistically, he's been a triple double machine that hasn't equated to wins and especially playoff wins. So until it does, can't say that, that Russell Westbrook moves the needle, spent some more NBA information. LeBron James signs a two year, $85 million deal. And then right after that, Anthony Davis, I believe, signs a max deal. And a lot of people, including myself, are very high on what the Lakers have done this offseason, signing point guard Dennis Schroeder, which I think was a a very, very good deal. Uh, They just signed Marc Gasol. And I think they've gotten a lot better than they were this past year. And with the new coaching staff over in in the other side of, of L.A. with the Clippers, I don't know that there's any team that stands out to me that can dethrone the Lakers from repeating as NBA champions. I mean, they look to be a much more solid force now this time than they were last year. 
Yeah, no one from the East certainly has made enough moves. <laughs> the fact that the Heat made the finals last season is a real embarrassment for them. Um, Milwaukee traded for Drew Holiday, uh, but they, they don't even know if they have commitment from Giannis Antetokounmpo yet. So I'm not really convinced anywhere. I mean, you got to say the Nets, maybe if they pull off the James Harden trade. Uh, but let's just look at the Lakers, like you said. You get Dennis Schroeder, you sign Montrezl Harrell for the mid-level exception, you get Marcus Gasol. All these guys seem to fit what they're doing very well. All their positions seem to be upgraded, and we know obviously last year they won the NBA Finals. So you got to go down the list. Tell me who's done had a better offseason, who's approved enough, and I can't really find it. And not only that, but the Lakers made sure to keep uh, NBA Finals experience around their team with Marcus Gasol. And that we know that was a huge advantage for them last year when it came to a strange season. Uh, you know, you're in the middle of a pandemic, but these guys know they have been there and they've done that. And then they won the finals last season. So the top down roster, the guys who are staying all now have that experience. But they didn't have it before. Uh, I think there's no way the Lakers don't win. Uh, all the, thing, the only thing the Clippers did was sign Ibaka. And that's I feel like you're asking too much of him to elevate them that high up to beat the Lakers. Spence, let's put LeBron James' career kind of in perspective here for a quick minute. This guy um, drafted in 2003, so we're talking 18 years in the NBA, still playing at such a high level, coming off I, – I believe he was the finals MVP, was he not, in this uh, most was. recent finals? Coming off a finals MVP in 18 seasons, still looking to be at the top of his game. Just talk about that for a second. I mean – is it, does it even seem possible that after 18 years in the NBA, a guy that's never been ravaged by injury, playing at such a high level, continuing to compete for titles, went to like 11 or 12 straight finals, something like that, and hopping to his third team and rejuvenating them in less than three seasons. Uh, put LeBron James' career in perspective just for a quick second, and if he's able to win back-to-back at this stage in his career, I mean, at some point, Spence, uh, if LeBron gets to seven, eight championships – I mean, we have to reevaluate the discussion of who the greatest player ever to put on uniform is. Do we not? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think he should definitely already be in that conversation. It's just hard for me to go into the MJ conversation because I didn't see him live. And I think watching sports live is like nothing else. But when it comes to LeBron James, this is a guy who has, he's very smart. He's not playing the same way he did his first season, right? His first three years, he relies on his athleticism, a little bit of excitement, a couple threes, but definitely not part of his game in the Miami heat. He was a guy who lived in the post who dominated uh, down below because he didn't really have another center to take up that spacing. The heat roster was beautiful in that sense. And now he knows, okay, I'm getting a little less strong. I may still have a lot of my athleticism so I can rely on that, but now I can go to the three point line and slowly, but surely it's not easy. And that's why I think it's so funny when people say guys are coming into the NBA that to develop a three point shot. It's actually pretty rare. Uh, what you see is what you get because it's, it's just hard. You can change your shooting form. Okay, that's going to take you a year to get used to the shooting form. But LeBron has just perfected what he's already had, and he's become he's also become a better passer as well. We know he's been doing that well his entire career, but now he was pretty much playing the point guard for the Lakers. Some of that pressure will be taken off with Dennis Schroeder, but still we know he's going to have the ball in his hands a whole bunch of the times. He's going to make sure guys – get the ball in positive scoring positions. And that's how he's been so successful in year 18. And Spence, I think LeBron sees championship six and seven possibly in sight. I think he feels like there's an opportunity here with this squad to really 
put their foot on the throat of the NBA. They've got such a talented squad. Anthony Davis uh, winning his first title, tons of confidence. You've got a couple guys that have not won a title that are new Lakers, that are really good players. I love the dog and Dennis Schroeder. I, I think he's a fantastic addition. Marcus Gasol's got championship pedigree. You've got a great mix spent on veteran leadership, championship experience, and then guys that can just get the job done. I think the Lakers this year are in as good a position as, as they've ever been um, to be favorites to win the NBA title. And I think LeBron James sees championships six and seven in sight. And it doesn't have to be one of those Miami Heat speeches. I just think that they're right there. And I I don't see the competition like I've seen it in the past as far as competing against the Lakers. The, the Lakers have upgraded so much, and everybody else is just that far behind. I think that wild card, like you said, will be the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm very curious to see how Kevin Durant comes back from his injury, Kyrie Irving, the mix there, because they do have some talent on that Brooklyn Nets squad, how they will – how the continuity will be uh, with the two ball dominant scores of Durant and Kyrie Irving to go with Jared Allen, Levert, Dinwiddie. That'll be interesting. And Spence, if, if you're putting on uh, your prognostication hat right now, would that be the finals you would want to see Lakers nets in 2021? It would be the most entertaining for sure. Unless you were talking about Milwaukee, but they just, the thing is about the East is that there's so little juice over there. All the guys who have juice seem to be in the West. Like Kevin Durant has taken criticism his entire career because they say he can't be the guy. Kyrie Irving left because he thought he could be the guy and he wasn't. And I don't think that problem even gets fixed when you have someone like James Harden. Maybe that's an easy path to the finals in the East because there's not that much talent. But once you get into the finals and you face a guy like LeBron James, who we know has the juice, Anthony Davis proved this season that he was just playing on a garbage Pelicans team and that he definitely has the juice. And then you have Marcus Saul, who has had that kind of it factor uh, when for Memphis for basically my entire life growing up. So I still think the advantage goes to the Lakers there. But in, just in terms of seeing it, I would love to see the Lakers Nets in the finals. Uh, Dave Perry, check it in. Dave, if you're still there, hopefully uh, you can chime in in a little bit. I don't know if you were at the AEW Winters coming yesterday. I'm in the middle of watching it now. Uh, the biggest live event that they put on on TNT. This is wrestling I'm discussing right now. Dave, if you were there, uh, jump in and let's talk about it here before we sign off. Uh, continuing in NBA, though, Spence, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. The Milwaukee Bucks have made some moves around him. Uh, it is not set in stone that he's signed or re-signed yet with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, is there a chance he's on the move? And if the answer is yes, where could his possible destinations be? Yeah, it's everyone seems to be signing the long-term contracts. I think a lot of that comes from the pressure of a pandemic season, some uncertainty. They're like, I'll just take the money now. Uh, but you want to talk about Jason Tatum got a contract, um, De'Aaron Fox. We just talked about LeBron James, Anthony Davis. So what is the holdup for him? And they are pushed against the cap, and they just don't have a lot of talent. So there's something going on here that they got to figure out. I think they should have fired the GM a long time ago. They let Malcolm Brogdon go in order to keep George Hill, who they just got rid of for the Drew Holiday trade. And so now it looks like they're walking back. Drew Holiday's making too much money, but they do have some sort of team there. It's just they don't have enough flexibility, and I think that really worries Giannis. One thing the Lakers did so successfully leading up to LeBron James, they were terrible, yes, but they made sure that they are ready for a star to come in at any time, and they were able to build up this team, and they did it in two seasons. 
Um, they didn't make the playoffs that season, but they didn't sacrifice anything to make sure just to make the playoffs. They said, I don't care. Either we're going to win a championship or we're not. And I think the Milwaukee Bucks have failed in that sense in saying, we need to make sure we're as good as possible every year. And we just know that you can't win a championship every year. That's not how sports works unless you're like the Patriots or something. But that's very unique. If you go down the list, your window is so short. And I think they closed it too um, too quickly. And now they're kind of, their backs are a little bit against the wall. Spence, is there any chance that in Giannis's mind or at all that uh, he wants to finish his career or stay with one team his entire career? Does that have any bearing on what he's thinking at all with his next decision here in the NBA? Uh, I, I'm sure it's part of the decision, but the NBA's changed now. <laughs> like, there's no loyalty anymore. Uh, when it came, I think the longest tenured players for the very long time were, were Mike Conley and Marcus Saul. So I got lucky growing up in that my star players kind of stayed with the same team, but they were very few and far between. It's not, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Gordon Hayward, we know, left and it was a little bit of salty. They're talking about James Harden, a perennial Hall of Famer or a perennial All Star who will be a Hall of Famer if he continues down this path. Kevin Durant, I, it's just Chris Paul Kyrie has been Irving. With five or six teams. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think, I think he'll, he'll probably make a dramatic statement if he leaves and be like, oh, Milwaukee means so much. Blah, blah, blah. He doesn't really care. They care about winning now in the NBA. That's kind of the whole spiel. Spence, let's transition into the NFL. As uh, we are, we are we in week week twelve that complete concluded yesterday. Is that right? Yes. So I think so. Week twelve concluded in Pittsburgh as the Baltimore Ravens on a Wednesday afternoon traveled to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. The Steelers win ugly, nineteen to fourteen. I would have loved for the Ravens to find a way to pull out that victory. It just wasn't to be. Uh, head coach Mike Tomlin very upset with his team after that win. Uh, not very surprising to me, Spence. This is a team that I, I'm completely shocked they're 11-0. and uh, They will not go undefeated. They will lose their first playoff game. I've, I've said it for very, very many weeks. And you can't possibly think some of the performances they put on in the last month that they have any chance of beating anybody, Spence, come playoff time. They're going to get destroyed by anybody by at least 10 points. I mean, they sneak by a Cowboys team led by Garrett Gilbert. RG3, who couldn't complete a 10-yard pass. Uh, they allow Trace McSorley to get within five. I mean, they're awful. They can't run the ball. Their defense is overrated. Big Ben is not that great. I have no idea how they're 11-0. They better hope that they run the table because if by any chance the Chiefs get that one seed and the Steelers have to play in the opening wildcard round, bye-bye. See you later. Get on the bus and go home for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers because they're one and done, guaranteed. And I, I just hope I get a little bit of plus money because I told you what I'm doing, Spence. And uh, look, they're coming. They've got to play three games in 12 days. I don't know if uh, my favorite comeback team, the Washington football team beat them this coming week. Uh, But that third game, I'm going to be looking at that very closely to be going against the Steelers. Hopefully it's not the Bengals now that they don't have Joe Burrow, but I know that the bills are on the schedule for the Steelers. I will be playing the bills in that matchup, but the Steelers will lose maybe twice this season. Uh, it would be great. I will come in gloating on Tuesday if it's the Washington football team that upsets them. I'll be very happy. I think Antonio Gibson can run for 125 yards. Uh, I don't know that Alex Smith will go for a whole lot, but I think Washington, I told you, they're riding high with momentum. And how great would it be for them and for that organization to beat the undefeated Steelers on a short week? 
I would be elated if that happened. I'm going to sprinkle a little money line if I can, if I can pull together some crumbs this week. I'm taking Washington. Uh, and Spence, I mean, you've, you've got to be kind of wiping your brow a little with this ugly win by the Steelers on Wednesday. Uh, I care very little for the Steelers. I hate them, <laughs> especially as a Raiders fan. I just I just try to look at them from an analytical sense. Um, they're definitely going to have a tough matchup. Uh, they did beat a couple of good teams this season. Uh, the Ravens game obviously doesn't count without Lamar Jackson, although they did beat a full, pretty much healthy Ravens team at the time earlier in the season. They had the yeah, big they win against. The- they got lucky. They were outgained by almost double. The Titans game, you got to say, was at least a little impressive. Okay. Uh, so it, that was their big win of the season. Whether or not they can do it twice, I don't know, because they'll most likely have to face them in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to get bounced in the first round. But this is a vulnerable team. They don't look fantastic, although it sounds weird to say that for an undefeated team. But there are teams with worse records that have definitely shown uh, that they look a little more explosive. They look a little more playoff ready. I think that's probably the biggest uh, hurt point for this team is that they don't really look playoff ready because they, they've been play, playing bottom feeder teams, the Cowboys, the Jaguars, the Browns to an extent they always own. So we'll have to see. Um, yeah, everyone, <laughs> their teams are terrible. Uh, so I don't know. The Redskins, I don't see it happening. I think Alex Smith is definitely prone to a few turnovers at least. Um, so yeah, uh, that's how I feel about the Steelers. Yes, Spence, I'm hoping that uh, with some of the listeners in the chat here that we can pull a little pool together to go against the Steelers week one or round one of the playoffs. Um, If we can get up to $1,000 to go money line against them. Oh, come on. Yeah, I'll find (laughs) some kind of compensation for everybody that pulls in. uh, If it's a loss, which uh, I'm willing to give my stamp of approval that it will not be. Um, And if we can find a way to pull that together, um, everybody will be uh, handsomely compensated. So let's get the rest stop pool together to go against the Steelers week one. I'm not week one round one of the NFL playoffs. Spence um, college football, college basketball, uh, continuing to have delays to have cancellations. Are we going to get, get through an entire season? Are we going to be, be able to crown a champion in college football with what's going on here? I mean, are we even going to get, uh, 10 games from any of these uh, any of these programs? No. And, and honestly, I'm going to say that sports are an absolute joke right now, especially when it comes to these, you know, these poor college kids who are trying to make a name for themselves or trying to make it into the pro leagues. They see how much money is getting thrown around. But Sorry, cut out there. But like I've been saying all season long, these kids' health is being sacrificed just because we want to make money off them because of March Madness, because of all this garbage. What does crowning a champion even mean, honestly? Uh, what do you like? Ohio State's still in the top four, and they're like barely looking to play half of their season. So, what are we supposed to make of something like that? I have no idea. Uh, I don't like any part of it. And it just looks grosser and grosser as the season goes on. You know, V continues to cancel games and. It's it's not it's not a good product. Spence, let's go ahead and get into it. It's Thursday and our NFL pick segment. We will pick every single game against the spread here in week 13. We will again be picking against the Circus Sports Million Contest lines. Spence, let's start it off in the NFC North. The Detroit Lions traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears. Mitchell Trubisky back in the starting lineup for the Bears. Lions freshly off firing head coach and general manager. 
Matt Patricia, head coach, Bob Quinn, general manager. Bears, a three-point home favorite in this one. Uh, did the Lions find a way uh, to, to get some fire and rejuvenation with Matt Patricia gone? But on the road, it's a tough place to win, tough place to play in Chicago. Who do you like? Lions, Bears, Bears, three-point favorites at home. Well, we, we've talked about it all season long. That new head coach juice really kicks in when you fire uh, somebody. Happened uh, with the Falcons earlier this season. Uh, I got burned on that, so hopefully I'm not going to get burned again. I am going to go the Lions here. Everyone's going to be fighting for their job, especially because the Lions truly do have that many skilled players, and I'm sure they all want to make sure they get their next contract or don't want to get you know cut from the team. I- I'm going to expect the Bears – first of all, the Bears are a bad team too, so why couldn't the Lions win this game, even if they did have Matt Patricia? Spence, I, I really want to agree with you because I love the philosophy of – riding high off of a just-fired head coach. This situation reeks to me. I don't like the travel. I don't like the fact that the Lions are quite banged up. And I told you on Tuesday I'm still a Mitchell Trubisky backer, and I think he has a really good game this week. And I think that the Bears get the win and get the cover. Give me the Bears at home, and I'm riding Mitchell Trubisky. God Next bless game. you, Brad. <laughs> Next game. You know, I, I usually hate the Bears, but that's under Nick Foles. Trubisky, I'm in. So here we go. Next game, Spence. The Bengals travel to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Pretty big number here. Dolphins, 11.5 point favorites on the Circus Sports Million Contest line. Spence, what are your thoughts here? Dolphins, 11.5 against the Bengals with no Joe Burrow. It, it, it's, it's hard because the Dolphins have covered big spreads this season when they play bad teams. I don't know. The Bengals seem to be playing football. <laughs> I, don't, I know it sounds weird to say that out loud, but I, I don't know. 11 points seems like a little too much for me. I, I feel like I'm going to be take the plus points here and just say they win an ugly game by like eight points or something like that with a garbage touchdown at the end of the game. <laughs> Dave, writing Mitchell Trubisky is what I call oral with my wife. Wow. Uh, Dave coming through. If we if we had the drum roll, I would hit it for Dave Perry right now. He's on fire tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Spent, uh, I, I just I, I can't do it with the Bengals. I saw an ugly performance by the Dolphins winning by 17 against the Jets this past week. I've got to believe that the Bengals, uh, with whoever's going to be their quarterback, Brandon Allen, I, I just can't can't imagine uh that they are going to stay close in this game. I think they're not a well-coached football team. Without Joe Burrow, they're a very bad football team. Give me the Dolphins, and I'm going to lay the big number, 11 and a half. Next game, Spence, you're, you're a big fan of the Indianapolis Colts. They are a road three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Houston Tech- Texans, another team you're a big fan of. Uh, Three-and-a-half, the Indianapolis Colts on the road against the Texans. Spence, I feel like I know which way you're going here. Uh, I'm going to try to go against recency bias and say that the Texans look like this great football team. The Colts are going to be pretty upset about the loss. I know this is a divisional game. I hate divisional games, uh, but I'm going to go the Colts here. I, I think they are the better team, period. There's no debating that. Uh, they should be able to take care of business, and I think they'll do it in pretty uh, big fashion. I think this is going to be a blowout for the Colts. Spence, again, we're on opposite sides. Somebody's going to start off this week strong. I got to go Texans here. Why? I'm not sure. 
I love Deshaun Watson. That's a big reason. Phillip Rivers has his toe injury. Not that it matters. He doesn't really move around the pocket. His arm looks deader and deader each week that I see him. Uh, they're going to have to bench him at some point, I believe, if they want any hope of winning a playoff game. No, uh, come on. What are you talking about? He's, been <laughs> yeah. great. He's, been, he's had a few great weeks, to be honest oh, that, with that, you. He that won that them arm the, is looking softer and softer He every won week them since. the Packers game, did he not? And that happened like two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, two weeks is not what you've done for me lately. I think that arm has oh, seen, it, seen it better days. Uh, that toe, that arm, God, Rivers, man. I don't know how he's going to make it through the whole season. Uh, I think the young, spry Deshaun Watson. I think the Texans actually blow out the Colts this week. Ten by ten or more. Texans wow. get a big win outright against the Indianapolis Colts. The banged up Phillip Rivers in the Indianapolis Colts. Spence, the next game on the matchup, the Jacksonville Jaguars travel to U.S. Bank Stadium to take on the Vikings. Minnesota Vikings have won four out of five. They did it in miraculous fashion last week, barely beating the Carolina Panthers 28-27. Vikings laying a big number 10 here. No chance the Vikings cover 10 points. They are not a good enough team to be favored by 10 against anybody. Give me Jacksonville. Give me Jacksonville on the money line to win. Jaguars win (laughs) 27-23. It's going to sound very similar. We talk about the Raiders game coming up here in a second, but no, I don't think they're going to beat them. But Jacksonville has been competitive this season. We know that. And the Vikings have proven to nobody that they can blow a team out. So I'm also going to go the Jaguars plus the 10. We're on the same side for once, Spence. And this is the game you're looking forward to as you are trying to put the kibosh on my 0-16 Jets ticket. The Raiders travel to MetLife Stadium to take on the Jets and Sam Darnold. The Raiders only an eight and a half point favorite on the Circus Sports Million contest line. Raiders, Jets, Jets minus eight and a half against the winless New York Jets. Yeah, I'm going to take the Jets here. I, I think they win. I know that's uh, bold, but I don't think the Raiders can beat anybody uh, by that many points at this point in the season. It's been a little figured out. As long as you cover Darren Waller and just basically ask him to throw it to Henry Ruggs down the field, there is no offensive game. Now, you got to hope that Josh Jacobs doesn't fumble the ball 60 times. Uh, like he did, but Derek Carr is good for a fumble in the pocket every game. Uh, the Jets aren't a good football team, but the Raiders aren't as good as anyone has been saying that they are either. And the fact that I'm getting a, over a touchdown here, I think the Jets can cover for sure, if not win outright. Uh, the Dolphins, who did not play well last week, beat the Jets by 17. If the Dolphins can beat the Jets by 17, the Raiders can beat the Jets by four touchdowns. Give me the Raiders 34-7. to seven. Raiders wasn't that the, the philosophy win. against the the Falcons too that the Raiders were going to beat up a Todd Gurley list Julio Jones team and look they got blown the heck out so that argument I think is invalid quite possibly Spencer the Wiz but I think the Raiders get back on the winning track this week and I think they roll the Jets uh the next matchup an NFC South showdown between the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons the aforementioned Falcons who got a win against the Raiders last week are a home two and a half point favorite I'm going to say this was an anomaly. Uh, the Falcons played what could be their best game in the season. They're absolutely not even close to as good as that. I think that's their fourth win on the season, though. So they're trying to peek in on uh, being two games out of a playoff berth. Uh, but they're not good. Uh, the Saints beat them handily just a few weeks ago. They'll beat them handily again in Atlanta. Give me the Saints minus a two-and-a-half, Spencer the Wiz. Yeah, it doesn't look like Julio Jones playing in this game. I could really see them winning – I'm not even a huge fan of Taysom Hill, but uh, the Raiders are a terrible football team, and that's why the Falcons were able to win that game. Uh, But New Orleans has 
really ramped up their defense and they seem to play especially well against Atlanta. I, I'm also going to take the Saints here in this matchup. Spence, the Wiz with me on the Saints there. Next one, Spence, Cleveland Browns. I believe they are. They eight and three or nine and three on the season, Spence. I think it's eight and three, if I'm not mistaken. A very impressive record by the Browns. Uh, they travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans, who have got a couple of very nice wins here lately. The Titans will be a five and a half point favorite at home. Believe it or not, Spence, I think this is too big a number. I think the Browns lose, but they cover. Give me the Brownies plus five and a half here. Yeah, these are two teams I like to run the football a lot, and I think they're both going to be successful at running the football. I think Derrick Henry isn't going to have as big of a game as he might want to with Miles Garrett, I believe, being back in the lineup now. And Nick Chubb is going to equally have probably as good a game. It's going to be one of the more entertaining running battles. So if you like running backs, this will be the game to watch. And I could definitely see this being a field goal game, if not like a five-point game, something weird like that. I'll go with the Browns as well. Wow, me and Spence on the same side there. The New York football giants, they travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks allowed the Eagles to scratch and claw within six last week. They're at home here. The Giants will be without Daniel Jones. Colt McCoy will get to start for the Giants. I think that's disaster uh, for the Giants trying to cover this number. Give me Seattle laying the big lumber, minus 10. I'll take the Seahawks. Oh, wow. that's a, That feels like a big number. But, yeah, Colt McCoy is a – giant piece of garbage uh if they did have if they did have daniel jones i would say uh they could actually probably win this game this seattle's defense though has been gaining a little momentum which bodes well for them to cover in this game but without saquon without daniel jones how are they going to put up any points and we know for sure that seattle is going to be putting some touchdowns on the field going to be taking advantage of a beat-up team I don't usually like taking big points, but Seattle should be able to cover pretty easily. With you there, Spence. Spence, is there any chance Russell Wilson is still in the conversation for league MVP? Or is he just too far behind at this point to Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, no, he should for sure still be in there. It's not like they're starting to lose a bunch of football games. They're still winning. That's true. Big number. We both like the Seahawks here. NFC West showdown in the next matchup, the LA Rams, one of the more inconsistent teams in the NFL, travel to Phoenix to take on the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams, a road two-and-a-half-point favorite here on the Circus Sports Million contest number. Spence, this number is, seems way off to me. Why are the Rams a road favorite here? It must, it, it's saying to me that there's something wrong with Kyler Murray. I, I hate doing this, but the line is screaming something to me, so I'm going to take the Rams minus the two-and-a-half. Uh, I agree with you. I think the the Rams are inconsistent, which means they have bad weeks and then they bounce back and have good weeks. They took a horrible loss to the 49ers, let alone the spread. That's I don't, Football teams don't care about the spread. They care about winning football games. And in this case, uh, these are two of the most inconsistent football teams and they're clashing together. Uh, but I think the Rams, on paper at least, are a much more coherent team. They should be able to this is a game, I think, on their calendar, they're like, okay, we lost to the 49ers. This is a must-win game. And I just don't think the Arizona has that mentality of, like, we want to go somewhere in the playoffs. I think they're just like, hey, let's see if we can win every game because we're talented. So I'm also going to take the Rams here, minus two and a half. Spence, these are two teams. If the playoffs started today, they would both be in uh, in the NFC wild card. And it's hard to trust either one of these teams. But it's going to be a really big game because – the Bears, the Vikings are on the outside looking in, one game behind 
the Cardinals in the loss co- in the win column for that last playoff burst. So if the Vikings can find a way to beat Jacksonville, the Rams beat Arizona. Hey, now we've got a little bit of a uh, little bit of action there for that last wild card spot. So it's a really big game for Arizona, one that, that I feel like they have to have to win. But the Rams also, the Rams, uh, if the Vikings or Bears both win, they'll only be one game behind the Rams if the Rams lose. So a lot of playoff implications going into Week 13 in some of these matchups here. Spence, the next one has the Eagles traveling to Lambeau to take on the Packers. The Packers eight and a half point favorites. The Rams get worse. I'm sorry, the Eagles get worse. Every single week, uh, we've talked about the discussion. Is it time to sit Carson Wentz on the bench and give Jalen Hurts an opportunity? Is this the week he gets more snaps, or is this another week where Eagles fans are disappointed by the performances of Carson Wentz in a division that's very winnable in the NFC East? Yeah, I. I it's just the thing is, is that the division is technically still up for grabs. They can still go in there and win the division. So it sounds weird to go into your project. And just say, oh, okay, we'll start the project now. When in reality, if you kind of won out your games for the season, or if at least you beat your divisional opponents, you might be hosting a playoff game in, in like four to five weeks. Um, so I, I'm going to say no. I say we don't see Jalen Hurts at all this season, unless it's the last game of the season and they're just that far out. And even then, I just feel like there's some there's some sort of weird pride going on. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm just. The Eagles just don't look like a football team. It's kind of sad that a team that had just won the Super Bowl now looks like this. Spence, I mean, don't look now. A couple weeks ago, it looked like the Giants could be the front runner to win this division. Now with Daniel Jones out, there might not be a win in close proximity for the Giants. Who's the favorite to win this NFC East? It's wide open. Is it the Cowboys? No, <laughs> I don't. They, they don't look like they can win a football game. It, it's got to be the Redskins now, right? <laughs> yeah. I like the way that sounds. The Washington football team, the Believers pick, many weeks ago. I keep saying the Redskins. I can't get that out of my mind. That's okay, Spence. Many weeks ago, the Believer was <laughs> on this train. Spence, who who else was on that train besides me at that time? I've got to be the only one well, in the in the sports sports landscape. Eight yeah, weeks ago, I you, said it, Spence. Before you kind of got, got lucky hurt. with the, uh, with like two injuries. I mean, Alex, I, I even said it too. I said Alex Smith gives him the best chance to win the division, but I didn't think he'd find a way to get on the field until obviously we knew Dwayne Haskins probably wasn't going to finish the season just because he's not a very good football player. But I thought they were going to ride the wave with the second string, but he got hurt. And now they're seeing Alex Smith for what he is. And this is a guy who can bring teams to the playoffs. We know that. Spence, who would have guessed eight weeks ago, no Dak Prescott, the Eagles can't win a game, Daniel Jones hurt, Oh, Thanksgiving win for Alex Smith. This is, I couldn't have wrote it any better as the president of the Alex Smith fan club. And I'm looking for the Washington football team to continue to roll next game on the list. Spence, we are both on the Packers against the Eagles. Uh, the new England Patriots travel to SoFi stadium to take on the LA chargers, man. Uh, what can you say about the chargers? They can't figure out a, a way to win a game. Head coach, Anthony Lynn, is for sure on the way out by the end of the season. The Patriots, uh, they, they found a way to win against the Cardinals last week. Do they find a way again traveling to the West Coast? They're a one-point favorite against the Chargers. What are your thoughts here, Spence? Yeah, I would say a high-octane offense is just not a very good matchup for the Patriots. If they're able to kind of dig into the trenches, play a close game, but that's not the problem for the Chargers. The problem is defensively and being able to stay in games. They're going to put up scores, and that puts a lot of pressure on Cam Newton to put 
I don't know, 28 points on the board. And I don't know the last time they've really done that, except for the Raiders, who have one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, well, you can say equally the same for the Chargers. Uh, but uh, I think the Chargers can easily put up 31 points in this game. And I don't think New Orleans is going to be able to catch up with them. So I, I think this is a pick em, if I'm not mistaken. I, I like the Chargers, although I hate saying that because how many times have they won <laughs> like games that they're supposed to or just look terrible when it looked like the game was in their hands. Spence, I really want to go with the Chargers here, but I can't. Uh, they've just proven time and time again uh, that they can't win games and even games that are close. I'll, I'll trust Bill Belichick in close games. Give me the Patriots minus the one. Uh, even though I'm not in love with it, I, I just don't trust the Chargers that much. Um, the next game on the matchup, the Broncos travel to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. The Broncos should have some quarterbacks back in the room this week. Against the Circus Sports Million Contest line, the Chiefs are a two-touchdown favorite, 14-point favorite here. Man, the Chiefs, uh, on covers.com, it says they're 6-5 and five against the spread. I can't believe that to be true, uh, but apparently it is. Uh, the Chiefs were up by three-plus scores the entire game against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they found a way to lose. Um I don't know, Spence. This this is crazy to me. I, the Chiefs are so frustrating to watch. Um, can they cover 14 points? They should be able to destroy the Broncos. Uh, fool me again. Give me the Chiefs minus 14. Spence, are you there? Uh, can you hear me now? Sorry yeah, about that. Uh, they were able to blow out the Broncos earlier this season. They had a big line, and they were able to cover it uh, quite comfortably. Uh, but you do have Drew Locke back. I, just, I don't know. I mean, they have the close game against Carolina, although I guess technically they've been competitive. You have the two close games with the Raiders. Those are two divisional games. I'm going to go for the Broncos here, plus 14. I don't think there's any way they win this game at all. They just aren't good enough as a football team. But divisional games are always funky, and I know the Broncos aren't going to want to lose by 20 plus points twice in the same season against a divisional opponent. I think they got enough pride to carry them to like a 10 point loss. Man, I really don't want to lay this bigger number, but going to have to do it here. Uh, I just, the Broncos, another inconsistent team, but I guess we'll find out. So are we on the same side here, Spence? Uh, Chiefs minus 14? No, I'm taking the Broncos. I, taking I think the Broncos. it's a 10 point loss. Yeah. Uh, you're probably right there. I don't know. This is this is ridiculous. Uh, the Chiefs. I mean, they, they, how can they be up 17 the whole game and then not finish off the Bucks? Allow them to stay within three. It's mind-boggling. Next game, Spence yeah, Bills travel. Bills are traveling, I believe, to Phoenix to take on uh, the 49ers. But I don't know how this is going to work because Arizona is also playing at home. I know the 49ers can't play in uh, Santa Clara anymore because uh, of the rules and regulations. This one's a pick them bills at 49ers. I got to take the bills here. I like the bills. Uh, I think they're going to position themselves to be a team to be reckoned with in the playoffs. I'll take the bills as a pick them. Yeah. I feel like a chump here is it's so weird, right? <laughs> you have, I, I know they had, I guess a decent win against the Rams last week, but we've also seen them just not look good. I mean, Nick Mullins isn't a great quarterback. And the Bills look like they actually want to go far in the playoffs. Uh, so for sure, the Bills should blow them out of the water here. Now, if this rolling it back last season, yeah, I'd probably be on the 49ers side. Uh, but Josh Allen, after that bye week, they look like they really have their stuff. 
they they look like they're going to want to challenge teams like the Chiefs, even though the, I mean that was a weather game. So I would love to see what a real matchup between them would look like. Uh, so give me the Bills here. Yeah, I, I got to go Bills here, even though the 49ers seem to win games that uh, they're not supposed to. And they're on the outside looking in for a playoff berth now that they won last week. So uh, they're going to be in the mix. Kyle Shanahan's a solid head coach. He shows it every single week. As, uh, the 49ers, it doesn't matter who they've lost. They still found a way, find a way to be competitive every week. Last game on the slate, I think this one's scheduled to be played on Tuesday. The Washington football team traveled to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Steelers, who just won ugly Yesterday against a divisional opponent in the Ravens at home, they're a seven and a half point favorite against the Washington football team. Spence, I called it. I'm going to say this is their first loss of the season. The football team of Washington gets a win here and they upset the Steelers. Give me Washington plus seven and a half. Yeah, I think everyone's going to be like, oh, look, they played an ugly game and it was a close game against the Ravens with Robert Griffin the third. No way uh, Washington isn't closer in this game. I'm going to say that's recency bias. Uh, Alex Jones, uh, Alex Smith, Alex Jones. Alex Smith has thrown a few ugly interceptions this year, and if he's going to throw a few more, it's going to be to Mika Fitzpatrick. It's going to be to Joe Hayden. Uh, if, the, if their offensive line is going to see some struggles, it's going to be against guys like TJ Watt, against Bud Dupree. That uh, Those two guys have the highest sacks between a, a pairing this season. Um, and I, I know you're not a big fan of Ben Roethlisberger, but they are able to – connect on the deep ball every once in a while uh he's gonna have his biggest challenge this season that uh, sounds it uh, doesn't sound correct to say because the redskins don't have a great record but they do have the best secondary in the league uh this could be indicative of what we're going to see in the playoffs so if ben roethlisberger doesn't play well in that game there's going to be some really big problems here uh i'm just going to say the Steelers do cover the seven and a half point spread though i see a pick six in ben roethlisberger's Future on Tuesday against the Washington football team. And this is a dual edition of the Rest Stop and Delivering Sports. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad the Believer. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter at Brad the Believer. And if you miss any part of this show, make sure you go to LandryFootball.com, Apple, iTunes, Audio Boom, and search Landry Football Conference. Call on the Rest Stop underneath there. And as we finish up, I'm going to bring on to the stream uh, Dave Perry. Dave, I want to bring you on because uh, you were at the great uh, Winter is Coming AEW event last night. Uh, talk for a minute about that. It was a fantastic show. I'm in, in the middle of watching it right now. Um, tell me your thoughts on it. And were you cold in the 40-degree Jacksonville weather? It was pretty damn cold. Um, I wasn't expecting uh, – well, I was dumb because I wore flip-flops. Uh, <laughs> but uh, – yeah, it was cold. Um, it was a great show. Um, the, um, the, 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 I don't know how far you got into it, but I'm sure you've already heard the surprise, uh, return. Um, that was like, you know, kind of to be there live. Um, I will say, you know, for all the people about like the Corona and stuff, and I know you guys are Spence was touching on the thing with college football and stuff like that. But, um, they do a really good job of making sure that it's as safe as possible. Like you can't get into the stadium without like a, they do a, a, a facial scan, like with uh, your temperature and the mask and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a safe thing. So it was kind of good to get out with my son and do something outside of the house and um, uh, all that. But the show was great. Uh, Kenny Omega winning. And then, you know, you didn't get, you didn't really pick up on this at the show. Um, but when I came back and watched it at home, 
the little nugget they dropped at the end about a possible uh, linking up with uh, other organizations. Um, it could be really um, something that would, you know, for wrestling nerds like us, um, it could be like a, a real, you know, shift changer. Because in a sense, if you have impact working with um, with them, that means probably ROH is, is not far behind. And if ROH is not far behind, they already have ties to in, you know, New Japan. And you got like four or five of the small competitors all kind of link up and share talent. You're, you're crushing WWE in terms of overall talent. So... Dave, were you any were you able to secure any of the new painmaker gear by La Champion, Chris Jericho? Did, did you or your son Trey were you able to acquire some of this new painmaker gear from the great Chris Jericho? Um, no, my son is uh, not um, a uh, a Chris Jericho fan. So uh, we did. Uh, he is a big Jurassic uh, Express. Fan, so we have a bunch. He's got a bunch of those shirts. He's a Lucha Bros fan, so we got that. And then he, he likes Orange Cassidy. Um, so you know he's got all that crap. But uh, uh, no pain maker. He does not enjoy the bubbly yet. Um, he doesn't understand. Uh, although I will say, if Chris Jericho looked like what he looks like now, thirty years ago, we probably wouldn't like him either. <laughs> like my uncle trying to wrestle. <laughs> there so. you have it. Dave Perry joining the rest stop uh, here as we're finishing up, talking about the great wrestling event, Winter is Coming, that aired on TNT last night, AEW, the rival to the WWE, one of the great new up-and-coming wrestling organizations on the landscape right now. I'm a huge fan. Dave and his son, also huge fans. Dave, what were your thoughts on the announcement of a possible breakup of the inner circle, some Quarreling and turmoil within the inner circle. La Champion, Chris Jericho, giving an ultimatum to FMJF and the crew. What's going on? A little trouble in paradise for the inner circle. I'm trying to figure out where they're going with it. Originally, I thought that they would kind of splinter off. Like I thought kind of like uh, Sammy Guevara and um, I don't even know what they're calling them now, Santana and Ortiz. Like they would kind of split off and like do, you know, they'd break up and then uh, Wardlow and uh, MJF would kind of take their spot and it'd be that group. But it seems that they've kind of have um, Santana with Jericho and Hager a lot more and, or Ortiz, one, I, I don't know which one's which. Um, and um, so I'm interested to see how, because I'd hate to see them break up Pride and Prejudice, um, because they're or Ortiz and Santana, because they're a good team. Um, but uh, so I'm kind of interested to see where they're going with it. Obviously, um, the end game is going to be, you know, MJF and and Jericho having a like a you know a big match at the end. Um, I'm just, I, I will say that they they're doing a good job of keeping me like trying to figure out like where they're going to go with it like how long they're going to do it. For those of you that aren't wrestling nerds like myself and Dave, uh, I know Spencer the Wiz is very busy with his schooling. Uh, take a few minutes out of your time. Go to YouTube, search AEW. Uh, more importantly, Orange Cassidy, as he is a fantastic uh, performer. And once the crowd gets back and they're able to give him the juice, the squeeze juice that he deserves, it'll be that much more 
exciting. Dave, we're only 22 days away from Christmas and almost the end of 2020. Are you a uh, you and your family a Christmas Eve present opening crew or Christmas Day? Um, we do the one, we do one present on Christmas Eve, and then the rest of um, the uh, presents are during the day on Christmas. Um, however, the um, that going to Winter is Coming was an early Christmas gift for my son, and actually they did a uh, three shows for one deal. So we got the next uh, two live tapings to go to as well. So that was kind of like his early Christmas present. Very um, exciting I, for young Trey. I'm getting um, old now. So I've, I've pivoted to trying to give up buying like toys and crap like that and do more like experiences and stuff. There you so. go, Dave. I have my uh, collection of wrestling shirts. As you know, you saw me sport the uh, best friend shirt on this show. Uh, when you go to these shows, have you given in and worn a wrestling shirt or are, are, are you giving up on that? Are you too old for your wrestling gear, Mr. Dave? I have, I have one shirt. Do you wear actually, it? Actually, I have two shirts. Um, one, uh, one is an official wrestling shirt. Another one is just uh, – it's a wrestling shirt, but it's not technically – like a shirt from a wrestling organization. The one that's not technically one, I have a, it's like a, a big picture of uh, Ric Flair and he's wearing the Wu-Tang necklace and it says Wu underneath. Um, so that's the one that's unofficial, but I do have the official Bullet Club shirt, um, which I think is what's going to be come out of this um, little, uh, you know, collaboration between Impact and uh you might see Kenny Omega reform the Bullet Club because he is going to Impact. They do have the Good Brothers over on Impact, and uh, uh, whatever. Uh, what's his name? Uh, dude from Japan. Um, drawing a blank, but uh, he uh, he was kind of talking to you know talking crap to John Moxley, and he's a member of the Bullet Club. Um, so it'll be interested to see if they bring that into AEW as well. Dave, thanks for uh, jumping in and talking a little wrestling with me here as we wrap up the rest stop. Have a great night, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays. You too, man. Bye. All right. That was Dave Perry. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, Spencer the Wiz, you could see his show delivering sports on KSHP 1400 in Las Vegas every Friday night. And make sure to follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz and his YouTube channel at Blue Milk Boys Gaming. I'm Brad the Believer. Follow me at Brad the Believer on Twitter. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you back here live, 9 o'clock Pacific time on Tuesday. The rest stop. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.